Hello, and welcome to Frankly We Give a Damn About Movies, the podcast, where each week we bring you our unwanted and often biased opinions on the world of movies and news. I'm your host, Mike, and back from the dead is Matt. It's me, Matt. I'm back. But you know who isn't back? Jim. Because he he's on a, he's he's on his pilgrimage. He'll be back at some point. He's still on that long side quest. It's a scary oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't get it. We got a good little show this week, don't we, Matt? Oh, absolutely. We're you know we are back in the seat. So back in the hot seat. You're back in the hot seat. Yeah. So now nerdy. we can we can we can have some fun. We can we can have our little nerdy yeah. fanboy chats. Yes. Of course, let's have a look at the rundown. We'll get a digest of the few of the biggest stories to happen this week in the world of cinema, including some first looks, as well as some casting announcements for Christopher Nolan's new film. I've also got a big bone to pick with a movie studio. I uh, have a guess which one it is. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for the fans, you know. Keep them waiting in anticipation. Our feature movie spotlight of the week isn't a new release, but it's still new enough. It's new to me. I watched it's it literally about, I watched it literally <laughs> 6 hours ago. I mean, I watched it about 12 hours ago. So look at us go <laughs> yeah. being the the uh, the movie critics that we are. Yeah. Keeping up to date with the world of movies. And also, we're going to set ourselves a little challenge for this one. Mm. No superhero content. Th- I feel like that's going to be very difficult for us. For us. Yeah. And I will tell you what. When I am trying, when I was trying to get all the news and segments sorted... It's just superhero stuff. It, all it is is superhero it's content. It's all superhero stuff. All it is is superhero content. Although, I must say, there is a part when I'm talking about my bone to pick with the studios. I will have to mention a superhero movie, but it's not directly superhero content. It's but just a film, yeah. Exactly. You'll find out why it's, there's no superheroes at the end of the show. But it's been a long week since we last spoke to you, and now that Matt's back, he can actually have an input. But let's get ourselves reacquainted with, what did we watch this week, Matt? I, well, Netflix put up in the, here in Australia 1917, which Ooh. is one of my favourite films of, did it technically come out in 2019 for us in Australia? I can't, it's one of those weird films that I think... It was I, it was in that weird release schedule yeah. where you get the Boxing Day movies and the New Year's yeah. Day movies. Um, I it, it came out 2019. I yeah. remember that because The Gentleman was one of those movies. Yeah, that true. Got, yeah. That. yeah. Um, it came out 2019. Yeah, How good is it? It is honestly... Probably one of my favorite war films in general. I personally really love the First World War as just a stage for films, and everything about that just was amazing. Yeah. I'm not a big war movie person. I've, I'm, I'm, you know, I've just never been my thing. Unless but, there's a star in front of it. Uh, no, not even that. I don't care. I just don't like war movies. But 1917, I just remember sitting in the cinema, and just. Wow. Yeah, it, it was an experience. Amazing movie. But something that I did watch, is, uh, uh, as people know, I'm a massive collector of the 4K 4K movies, especially Steelbooks, and I, I picked up a few months ago in time for Halloween a beautiful 4K remaster of Saw oh, nice. in a beautiful, beautiful Steelbook with a nice slipcover. And uh, I decided to actually finally watch that. And um, such a great movie. Such a great movie. It holds up so well. Holds up incredibly well for being a film that was shot in the 90s it was like late yeah. late 90s it's also James Wan's big um, it's directorial it's his first directorial yeah. debut he, also he shot that on such a shoestring budget mm-hmm. and it looks amazing it's just an overall great movie that's us who cares yeah let's have a look what happened in the world of movies
There's a new Guy Ritchie film, Operation Fortune. I can feel myself engorging. Wrath of Man was his last film to actually release, and it was quite under- underwhelming. Yes. Especially after the back of The Gentleman. Absolutely. And The Gentleman is a phenomenal movie. We're, we're massive fanboys of The Gentleman. Yep. And, it and looks, Guy Ritchie in general as well. Yeah, Guy Ritchie's great. Yeah. But Wrath of Man was a, was a big miss. Yeah. Um, the movie is being co-writ by, um, co-written by the guy who wrote The Gentleman and Wrath of Man with Guy Ritchie. It looks very Gentleman-esque. I must say we haven't seen a lot. We've only seen a few promo images. Some it is starring Jason Stratham, yep. um, the chick from uh, um, Parks and Rec. Yeah, I know the name. Do you know the name? Uh, it stunned me. Her first name starts with an A. Yeah, I know it does. Uh, her last it's, name starts with a P. I can't. Uh, Audrey. It's Audrey. And where do you go for shopping? You go to the. Pizza shop. Plaza. Uh, Audrey Aud- Plaza. Yeah. <laughs> that was painful. Pizza time. <laughs> it's Aubrey Pizza, everyone. We also saw our first look of the Sonic 2 trailer release. Video game movies have a bad rep, but I must say the first one was surprisingly good. It had its moments. It, Yeah, honestly, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, we did see the, uh, the Sonic... That was a bit human-like with oh, the teeth. That and to, that, to that, I have to say, if we can see the Snyder Cut, <laughs> I want to see the tooth cut. I want to see that the weird mongoloid thing that Sonic was. I want to see the beautiful teeth. I, I'm, I'm, I'm good not seeing that on a big screen. No, you just want to see the feet. No, <laughs> you want to see the cat's butthole cut. Yeah, I want to see the, the cat's bumhole cut. A Matrix demo for on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One. I know this is not movie-related, but Matrix is a movie that is coming out. And the reason that I really want to talk about this is because I was I started to play it, and it was a cutscene in the, in the video game. And it took me a solid three minutes to realize it was a real-time rendered video game. Yeah. As in, it was so photorealistic and so good looking and Keanu Reeves didn't look like a video game character. Looks like Keanu Reeves. It looked exactly like Keanu Reeves. It was scary. I thought yeah. I was watching I thought I was I thought I was watching Keanu Reeves, but like, no. like they had transitioned from the engine to like a live action footage of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I was just shocked. And it makes me now think if this is what the technology has reached for this gameplay demo of the Matrix on a console. On a video game console. Yeah. Imagine if you put the time in to actually make movie scenes out of this and think of the, what you can do now. You can bring people back from the dead. It's like we look at Star Wars where we've seen Grand, Grand Elmuff Tarkin come back and I thought he was pretty good. There was a bit of issues with the lip tracking. value there, yeah. There was just, it just didn't seem 100% right um, but that's because they're trying to superimpose something onto someone yeah. and they've still got to match those face features and then they did it with Princess Leia and it just didn't look as good but this is... This is something that could really be explored. And if you haven't seen it, just have, have a look up on YouTube. The Matrix tech demo, it will pop up and you will be just amazed at how real this looks. But um, I'm, interest, I'm interested to see more and interested to see how the film industry takes on board this brand new technology. Christopher Nolan is another one of our favourite filmmakers. I mean, he's done some pretty cool movies. But he's set to do a biopic on the atomic bomb called Oppenheimer. 
Not too much is known about it. Uh, it's got Killian Murphy and Emily Blunt as the leads in a cast that is also being supported with RDJ and Boy. Matt Damon. That's a stacked cast. It's a very stacked cast. But to make it even more stacked, it was announced this week that Florence Pugh and Rami Malek will be joining the movie. Like, that is some insane level of star power they have there in one film, I feel. Backing up with the name of Nolan, it's going to be very hard to see this film flop commercially. I'm glad it's a biopic and not one of his trippy, mind-bending, you know, Nolan traditional Nolan movies that people know. Yeah. Like Tenant took me twice to actually understand understand the whole yeah. thing. Inception is a mind bending sort of thing. So I'm glad to see this. You feel this is gonna be like more closer to like film compared to like a or even a, I guess, no superhero content. Sorry, a Dunkirk film compared to a Tenant Better. film. Yes. Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. My bad with the bad, with the big 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 bad B word. Today, Junior I mean, is this Nolan's first biopic? Dunkirk is about actual events oh, that yeah, occurred. Um, but that it's less a, like less a biopic. That's just a period piece. I mean, The Dark Knight's a biopic, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I did it. It's super. See, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I inceptioned that into your brain. You, know? you did. You did. You did. Moving on from that, though, Universal Pictures have been reviving their classic monsters. Over the past few years, we've seen that with Invisible Man. Mm. How good was Invisible Man? I really, really enjoyed it. We, I briefly touched on it last week when you guys were away doing your own little thing and yeah. left me all alone here in um, in Brisbane. I briefly touched on it with Lawrence, and um, I love what they're doing with the Invisible Man, um, what, what they did with the Invisible Man, and I'd love to see what they're doing with those classic monsters. But they announced this week that they're bringing back the classic monster of Phantom, and at first you're kind of like, what? What? Until you realise Phantom of the Opera. That's what they're doing. They're they're bringing that sort of tale back. Really? Yep. But oh. it's not a musical. Curious. It's going. It's. I don't know. It's very early days. I've only just announced it. Um, in the past few days, and um, it's very interesting to see how they're going to bring that back. And a lot of people will debate that Dracula was the first um classic monster movie. I think it was, that was like nineteen thirty. 1930s? Yeah, definitely. That was 1930s. But I believe Phantom of the Opera was the 20s. So Phantom is basically the original Universal monster movie. But this also comes after the announcement um, a few months ago of Ryan Gosling bringing Wolfman back. So Universal are really pushing away from that idea of the big blockbuster action movies like The Mummy. And they're coming towards that idea of psychological thrillers. Oh, not psychological thrillers, but they're more horror Almost taking a indie, uh, indie approach, yeah, approach, which I am very strongly for because, honestly, a lot of the top horror films ever have been indie productions. Mm. It makes perfect sense for them to try and follow that structure. And it's good as well that they're making these horror movies that actually have depth in the story rather than just relying on cheap jump scares and big special effects, schlocky action, big special effects. Yeah. Just yeah, we've had our fun talking about a bit of movie news, but I need to bring the tone down just a little bit. Because I have a bone to pick. Sony Pictures, in particular their worldwide distribution plan. Quite frankly, it's disgusting. Venom Let There Be Carnage released about four months ago in the US, and we only saw it last month in Australia. That same day it released here in Australia, 
it released straight into digital. Not only that, it was followed by poor advertising and spoilers, as well as the digital release encouraging pirating. Another movie that followed that same suit was Ghostbusters Afterlife. That came out over a month ago in the US, and we are still yet to even see it here in Australia. It releases New Year's Day. Ghostbusters Afterlife has been one of my most anticipated movies of the past few years, and I have had it spoiled. Why? Because Sony's worldwide distribution release. It's unfair. It shouldn't be like this, and there's no reason as to why it should be like this. I understand if Australia was a foreign market or to the point where box office numbers don't matter, but it does. Australia is a continent in its own, and Australia rakes up a good percentage of box office numbers. Disney will release their movies the same day worldwide. Why can't Sony? Because all it does is create their own problems. And it, it, it angers me. It really does anger me. But Sony, you need to do better and you need to think about your fans. You're not generating hype. You're just generating disappointment. Wake up. Fix it. You're just going to be breaking everyone's heart. That's been a little digest of the movie news that's happened during the past week. This week we did see Dear Evan Hansen and The French Dispatch release in Australian cinemas, but some that released a few weeks ago on Netflix is our movie Spotlight for the week. want to lay down and cry not just another birthday it's 30 90 you i said 30 you said 20 well singing's hard you know guys uh this is why we do podcasts this is why we're podcast people and a lot easier talking is a lot easier but hey i reckon we should start a band yeah (laughs) we should buy a bar now if you can't tell already from the fact that I played over a minute <laughs> of the song 3090 from Tick Tick Boom. I don't the, the care. Hit. The hit. I don't care if we get copyright strider. That's an amazing song. It's so good. So good. Yeah. The movie as well. Is you know, amazing. Is also 
pretty fantastic. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I liked it. I loved it. If you couldn't tell, we enjoyed it quite thoroughly. What makes you, what, what makes you think they'd be able to tell? No, if they couldn't tell. But what makes you think they'd be able to tell? Like, Well, by the fact that we sang along <laughs> to the premiere song of the movie. What were our first impressions of it, Matt? I, I was actually kind of shocked by it. I knew literally nothing about the film going in and was pleasantly surprised. First of all, by the performances were all fantastic. Being Lin-Manuel Miranda's directing debut, he did a fantastic job. Lin-Manuel Miranda being the creator of Hamilton. Yes. And In the Heights. Yep. Going into it, yep, like you said, knew nothing about it and was pleasantly surprised. Just an overall top-notch musical. Absolutely. One of the best musicals I've seen in the past few years, I must say. I can't really think of one that really topped it like no. recently. And it being a Netflix film too. Well, it did have a very short theatrical release. Very, very short, but... Still, I think it's because they're going for an Oscar. They have to have the theatrical release. Oh, it better get a nomination. I I believe thirty ninety will probably get for best original, um, and if not, maybe maybe a screenplay, maybe an acting like performance there. We'll we'll see. Obviously, coming Oscar season. Overall, though, the plot and the pacing of the film it was fantastic. Like, um, and especially them spacing it all around like this one week in his life that was so detrimental to the creation of Rent. And usually when it comes to movies, we see those those movies that are kind of trapped in that little deadline sort of thing. They just tend to either drag or feel too rushed. This had almost perfect pacing, especially yeah. for a musical. Yeah. And something that I, I did say to you earlier um, was that it's not a traditional musical in the fact where they'd just be walking around and all of a sudden, boom, break out in a song. No, it's... Like you said, diegetic. The, yeah, the music's diegetic in it. Where to where for people that don't know what diegetic means, from it's a, a yeah from a layman's terms, it's a part of the music well, the film's world. Exactly. It's in there, it's happening to them as you hear it. And it just it's not cheesy. Oh, it is cheesy, but yeah, like but like it's not in cheesy a good in way. a bad way. Yeah. It, it it's a it's a very well done way of them implementing the music of a musical into the movie. The musical almost complements the story. And not actually be a part of it. Yeah. So it doesn't drive the story. It just complements it. Yeah, which... Um, it's, still of, a mu- it's still yeah. a musical. Yeah, absolutely. It's still a musical, yeah. just not a traditional musical. No, because a lot of traditional musicals use those big show n- numbers to tell their story. Exactly, and to actually keep the pace going yeah. and pushing it forward. But um, from a directorial and cinematography point of view, very well made. Yeah. Um, Lynn's first... Um, this is his directorial debut. Yeah. And for a first movie. Great job. Smashed like, it out of the park. Hey, if I ever made a movie anywhere near that level, and let alone a first time, I would be over the moon about it. A lot of good, just creative decisions. Yeah. And just a lot of, um, like, there's a lot of scenes which like look like they're being recorded on camcorders. Mm. It's just a very creative, put together movie. Yeah. Um, And for something like that, which is, I... I would consider it a low budget for what they've done with that money. Yeah. Really just good job. produced a high-class musical, which makes me excited for the definitely inevitable Hamilton movie. Absolutely. Provided that he directs it. Yeah. Um, he, he, could bring that, he could bring that flair to make it an actual flaw movie and not just a stage play. Yeah. I, f- I feel like... Um, if the, I know there were talks about a potential Hamilton film uh, a while back. And I think the big thing now that's pushing it forward is 
A, there was the release on Disney Plus of the stage, stage recording, which everyone loved and mm. really like set back into society how much we love that musical. We had the In the Heights movie, which, you know, it was good. Could have been better. Could have been better, but hey, it showed that his work can be adapted to screen. And now with Tick, Tick, Boom and showing his directorial prowess, really, I feel like those three elements coming together like now is as good a time as any for them to start sitting down and strongly considering making a Hamilton film. Another thing though, coming off the back of the Hamilton thing, I want to see the original Broadway cast for that Hamilton movie. I feel like we, the audience and also the studio would be remiss if we don't have the original cast. How good are the performances in this movie though? They're so well done. Vanessa Hudgens. I wish she was there more. Yeah. She felt very underutilized. Just because she was essentially just there for her voice, mm-hmm. which I felt like the very few scenes where she had acting, she did really well, but she just wasn't in it enough, I felt. No, but she still stole, stole yeah. everything in terms of her musical abilities. But the absolute standout is, of course, Andrew Garfield. He was... Oh my God. This movie reminded me of how good of an actor Andrew Garfield is. Like, especially coming off the, um, off the back of Social Network. Yeah. Well, I mean, Social Network, yeah, being... I think it was one of his debut films. Very early. I mean, Cause it he, was, he was in uh, the two-part special of Doctor Who Daleks in Manhattan. Uh, he sure was. He sure was with the pig people. But um, he was phenomenal. And I mean, the stories behind it um, about the fact he had he didn't know how to sing. Yeah. And he learned to sing just for this role. And he started. Very well, and that was him singing in the yeah. start at the very start. Yeah, if you 39. could tell, that wasn't just us singing. That wasn't just that wasn't just us singing. I mean, Matt kind of brought my performance down, but that's okay. Hey, I'm, that's what I'm here for. At least Jim wasn't here. Yeah, he would have just he just would have gone on sung about it for ten minutes, like he does like to ramble. <laughs> um, sorry, Jim, but just when it comes to plot, everything flowed on perfectly. Yeah, great pace, fantastic pace, cinematography, and um, and directing. Just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, just class performance and, class, and most elements. Yeah, yeah, and the performances, particularly Andrew Garfield. Yeah. He needs a he needs a nomination. I could see him definitely getting a nomination. He needs a nomination. I could also see. I, I believe his name's pronounced uh, Robin D. Jesus. It's his best. Who plays his best friend, Michael? Oh my god! Yes, he was fantastic, and I yes. could definitely see him getting a best supporting. No, no nomination. spoilers. No spoilers for this. But there is a scene where it's just it's a big moment, um, big reveal sort of thing, and just it's played so well. It's played so well, and the reactions between Garfield and Jesus. I hope it's Jesus. I, I'm, I'm praying for it to be Jesus. I see what you did there. Thank you. Um. Just the reactions between them, it's like, it just, it hits hard. Yeah. It hits very hard. And um, the story itself, I mean, what it's based off, um, it's just a hard-hitting story to begin with. And just for the performances to bring that to life and actually put it on the screen of, it was just, there's very few things wrong with this movie. It's very hard to find faults in it. Very, very hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. Our final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a fantastic film. Not n- Even let alone a good Netflix film, it's just a good film. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say, if I was going to give it a num score, I'd probably say like an 8.5. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, you know, I'm not saying that it's perfect, but there's certainly like elements that were very well made and overall it's a very, very good, well-made, competent film. I'd give it, I'd, I'd, I'd give it an 8. I'd give it an 8. A yeah. solid 8. 
very very enjoyable i wish it could be longer if anything maybe, well maybe just like an a few extra songs yeah i mean the, the film itself was about two minute, two hours long yes i wanted to but i still feel like there could have been a bit more of rent yeah like yeah. At, towards the end that's fair like i would have seen just a bit more closure May- rent. maybe we could get a director's cut director's cut or, may- <laughs> or maybe or maybe when we finish writing um venom 3 love actually yeah we can we, we can, can do the the film about rent. We can do the film about rent. Yeah, the direct sequel. Yeah, yeah. And then we can also include the uh, hit song from Team America: World Police, AIDS. Everyone has AIDS. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. That has been our little movie spotlight of the week for Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, great movie. Highly recommend. Go Matt gave it an eight point five. Yeah, I gave it an eight. Jim, what do you give it? Thanks, Jim. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. Just go watch it. Have a really great time. I think we should wrap up with one of the best songs in the world. Yes. Yes, we will. They're singing happy birthday. You just want to lay down and cry. Not just another birthday. It's 39. We're going to try out something new for the podcast. Mm. I've got my good friend, Aiden. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very good. So I'm here to spoil some. Aiden, every now and then, maybe weekly, maybe mm-hmm. bi-weekly, maybe something. Aiden's gonna spoil some. I'm so excited for this right now, Mike. And for this one, massive spoilers for No Time to Die. James so for Bond. anyone who's not seen the movie, it sucks to be you right now, because James Bond, who's flirted with danger for so long, I loved it. It's at my absolute pleasure to say this right now, but James Bond. He dies. Oh my god, alright, get out. How hard is it for us not to talk about superheroes? It is very difficult. <laughs> it's something that we gotta work on. Yeah, to become but, better people. But then oh, okay. But then at the end of the day, it's like that's that's the market right now. That's just what movies are. It's just dominated by superhero content. Yeah. So it's very hard. But there's the reason that we're not talking about superhero content is that next week there is the release of a movie called Ida Red. Yeah, it's got uh, Josh Hartnett in it. I'm kidding. It's Spider Man. <laughs> nah, it's Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. No way home. Flip. Spider Man's here now. <laughs> We're keen. We are very excited. We are very, very, very excited. Yes. Excited to the point where there's about 15 of us going to the midnight screening. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, the reactions. Just if all three Spider-Men are there, there's someone's going to have a heart attack. There's going to be a riot. There's Someone's going to have a heart attack. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. And because of our excitement, next week's episode is going to be called, frankly, We Give a Damn. The Spidey Special. Yes, a spectacular Spidey Special. A spectacular, spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. We'll basically do our best not to spoil it. Yes. We may even do two episodes next week. We'll see how we go. A Spidey Special and then a Spidey Spoiler Chat. Yeah, we could do that as a subsequent as podcast. As a subsequent yeah. podcast. Maybe we're coming just, out in the middle of the week. like a Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just us just talking random, just basically fanboy shit. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I I'm very excited for it. We're going on the midnight screening. It's going to be a good time. Be we time. um, I'm going to be dressing up as Spider Man. I'll be Uncle Ben. 
with bullet holes in everything. That has been, frankly, we give a damn about movies, the podcast for this week. Thanks, Matt, for joining me again. Thank, Thank you for being back. Thanks, me, for being here as well. Next week, like we just said, we'll see the release of Spider-Man. Yes. We will, we will contain our excitement we, for the We segment. will contain our excitement for Spider-Man. But <sighs> that has been the show for this week. Yes. We hope you've enjoyed. And hope Jim's back. And hope Jim... Oh, do we really hope Jim's oh, back? I hope for Jim to be back. I mean, eh. <laughs> He's not really that missed. Oh, wow. Thank you for listening. I'm Mike. I'm Matt. And frankly, we give a damn about movies, the podcast. Bye-bye.